0: Labor productivity falls Intel to take mobile eye public a cybersecurity takeover the biggest crypto news AWS down and JP Morgan says trust the bounce this is the running with the money briefing let's get into it is up how's it going and welcome to another episode of the running with the money briefing powered by pound of the table now we have to get into what in the world is going on in these markets we have the dow jones up 518 nasdaq up 442 and the s&p 500 up 93 so in essence we have the nasdaq making a nearly three percent move to the upside s&p up just over two percent and the dow jones just about up 1.5 percent impressive moves in the market today The biggest sectors in the market, the quickest moving, the biggest moving today, technology taking the number one spot up 3.68%. Meanwhile, right behind it, you have basic materials, consumer, statistical, energy, healthcare, financials, communication services, industrials, real estate, utilities, and rounding out the bottom, the worst performing sector of the day, we have consumer defensive up just 0.53%. Either way, a pretty solid day in the markets and a day to get into the headlines. We got a big day. In a podcast full of headlines and data to get through. So we have the labor productivity rate falling the fastest in more than 60 years. Can you believe that? In the third quarter, according to the Labor Department and their report today. So taking a look at the measure of output versus energy, non-farm business sector productivity moved to the downside 5.2% in the previous three-month period. Now, that's worse than the Dow Jones estimate. Of a 5% drop. So the drop was larger than what was estimated. 5.2% drop in the previous three-month period or from the previous three-month period. You take a look here at this data, and it's the worst since the second quarter of 1960. So not great data. And the slide actually occurred as output increased 1.8%, while the hours worked rose 7.4%. And that is the biggest decline since the second quarter of 1993. That productivity falling 0.6% on a year-over-year basis, so not the best data here. Now, unit labor cost, and that is a measure of how much businesses pay their per unit of input. That increased 9.6% in Q2 or the second quarter. And that reflected a 3.9% increase in compensation when combined with a decline in productivity. And that was actually well above the 8.4% Dow Jones estimates. So what does this all mean? Well, higher levels of productivity that can eventually offset wage increases. But what we are seeing is low productivity levels tend and often boost inflation as companies will they end up having to pay higher raises or higher wages, I should say, they end up having to make more raises in their unit labor cost and therefore their profit margins come under pressure. So in essence, what we are seeing here is a labor market where those wages, they're increasing. And then you're getting inflation. And inflation is no bueno, especially as the Fed gets more hawkish because we're seeing these massive inflation pressures that we frankly have not seen, according to the latest data, in around, if not over 30 years. So some big time inflation issues and this data pretty much indicating that here you see wages moving to the upside. Now taking a look at this headline out of Intel. Intel announced today that they will be taking, or late last night, I should say that they will be taking their self-driving unit, Mobileye, public around mid-2022. Now, a little background on this. Intel acquired Mobileye, which they are an autonomous driving firm out of Israel. They acquired the company for $15.3 billion in 2017, and... The company is now expecting to IPO this previous acquisition, some very interesting stuff, in mid-2022. And it could bring a lot more value to Intel. In fact, if they IPO it around a value of $50 billion, you know, that's going to add quite a bit of value for Intel shareholders. Well, we have no idea yet the firm Intel would not disclose their investment size in this Um, IPO that will be upcoming they will not disclose that information as of yet but it seems that basically the argument out of Intel is that this is going to add even more value to shareholders and that they expect it to be a big time IPO they also like the fact that they will be able to get more into this self-driving space this auto space that they have been looking to expand within and also the company Intel announced today that they plan to build two new chip plants in Arizona and add another plant in the United States and Europe and those sites have not yet been announced. So some big time moves being announced at Intel announcing that they will be taking Mobileye Public in mid-2022 and it will add even more value for Intel shareholders. But we do have to know what in the world's been going on with Intel. Well, as we all know, they've been falling behind when it comes to their industry. Semiconductors, AMD, and NVIDIA have literally been eating their lunch. And now this company has brought in new management, and they're trying to turn the company around. And it seems that this IPO eye is all part of that. We'll see if it actually comes to fruition. We did get some commentary, and their CEO said that the company, uh, Mobileye, is already profitable. In fact, sales have actually tripled since Intel took over the company from around or up to $1 billion in revenue last year. So, some solid performance when it comes to mobile eye and those revenues and the growth over at that company. Now, shifting away from Intel, we have to get into the biggest analyst calls. And the first analyst call that we are on the cover is Wolf initiating coverage of XPL logistics as outperform. They go on to say quote, The stock has materially underperformed since the spin off of its logistics segment and following disappointing 3Q less than truckload results. But past periods of underperformance have historically led to good buying opportunities and we see a margin turnaround opportunity the next few years given the possible LTL pricing fundamentals and a new or a renewed focus From management. So it seems Wolf here is bullish on XPO logistics. They believe the underperformance is unwarranted and that the company will get some of these past issues or disappointing results back in line. We have Morgan Stanley reiterating Microsoft as overweight, going on to say, quote, in the near term, lacking a firm bottom from high or four high multiple names, we favor one core franchise stocks with reasonable multiples. Names like Adobe, INTU, and MSFT, Microsoft, would be the top of our list here. And two, names with fundamentals set the turn and trading a reasonable at reasonable multiple. CRM and PNW should both see accelerating free cash flow growth in the CY 2022, which is not reflected in current multiples. So we have Microsoft being reiterated here. Out of Morgan Stanley as overweight. They also like Adobe, and they also like Salesforce and PANW along with INTU. Some interesting stuff based on some free cash flow metrics coming out of Morgan Stanley. We have UBS raising their price target on Tesla to $1,000 from $725 per share. Going on to say, quote, Tesla is likely to continue beating consensus expectations also in 2022, in terms of top-line growth in margins. In a global EV market that keeps accelerating rapidly, Tesla's structurally better access to chips and batteries through vertical integration is a key differentiator versus most competitors and should help to cement Tesla's market leadership with 20% global BEV share in combination with industry-leading profitability, UBS raising their price target on Tesla, liking the name long. Now, we also have Morgan Stanley raising their price target on Apple to $200 from $164. Morgan Stanley going on to say, quote, we are cautious on IT hardware entering 2022. But Apple should benefit from a flight to quality, especially as upside from new product categories get priced in. Now reflected in our $200 price target, near term iPhone supply and app store are surprising to the upside and drive our December quarter estimates higher. Now, moving into our last two analyst calls, we have Loop initiating coverage of Striker as buy. Going on to say, quote, we are initiating coverage of SYK with a buy and $305 price target. SYK remains a premier diversified medical device company with best in class execution that consistently churns out predictable above market mid to high single digit top line growth in double-digit bottom-line growth, which, despite the recent COVID-19-related pullback, appears poised to deliver in 2021 and 2022. Loop initiating coverage of Striker as a buy. And our final analyst call is MKM, upgrading Starbucks to buy from neutral, going on to say, quote, we are upgrading Starbucks to buy from neutral, taking a more constructive view of its long-term prospects. While acknowledging the current backdrop, investments in fundamental drag may weigh on its near-term performance. Now, shifting away from the biggest analyst calls, I want to talk about this acquisition of Mimecast by Permia, which is worth $5.8 billion. So, $5.8 billion deal to acquire Mimecast, M-I-M-E, the firm agreeing on Tuesday to be acquired by the private equity firm Permira in a $5.8 billion deal. Now, let's get into this all cash deal. They will be acquiring the firm at approximately $80 per share, which does trade or did trade about at a 16% premium to the current stock price as of October 27th. So this is some very interesting stuff coming out of the cybersecurity space. Mimecast agreeing to their takeover bid Premiere to acquire Mimecast for $5.8 billion all cash stock deal. Some very interesting stuff coming out of the cybersecurity space. This deal is expected to close in the first half of 2022. And this comes after roughly a month of rumors that originated in the Wall Street Journal that reported Mimecast was exploring a possible sale. So some big time acquisition news coming out of the cybersecurity space. Now shifting into the small headline on AWS in this downage. So Amazon's cloud computing unit on Tuesday today, they were hit well with an outage and it took some major website and services down such as Disney Plus, Coinbase and actually in-house Amazon uh, functionality features, such as Flex and ATOZ apps, which are used in their warehouse and delivery uh, networks. So some very big time stuff coming out of AWS in this downage, definitely not great uh, for the company whatsoever. We did get a statement out of the company to go on to say, quote, we are experiencing API and console issues in the US East One region. Moving forward, they go on to say, we have identified root cause and we are actively working towards recovery. So, in AWS downage today, definitely not the best of news, but at the end of the day, they're getting it figured out and Amazon stock is moving higher. We got some commentary on COVID out of the Pfizer CEO. So, Pfizer CEO Albert Bola, uh, when asked about COVID-19 and what this new strain, this new Omicron strain means, he goes on to say, quote, I don't think it's good news to have Something that spreads that fast. He goes on to say, after that spreads fast, means it will be in billions of people, and another mutation may come. You don't want that. So in essence, we are still awaiting this data that really will indicate whether the vaccines work well on this new Omicron variant. We don't have that yet. But some commentary out a Pfizer CEO, Albert Bourla, to the Wall Street Journal, and isn't saying that look. We don't want this new Omicron variant because it spreads quicker, but he did admit that it is more mild than previous strains. Some positive news there, but we are still awaiting this data on the effectiveness of the vaccine against this new Omicron variant. Now, shifting into the cryptocurrency world, we have 10T Holdings, and they have announced that they're gonna be launching a third crypto fund. So private equity firm, 10T Holdings, according to Blockworks, is getting set to launch a third fund focusing on digital asset companies. Some interesting stuff there. Now, this would bring assets under management for the firm to around, or if not over $1 billion, 10T currently manages around $800 million in assets in the new fund that they will be launching is called the 10T DAE Expansion Fund and it is expected to be worth roughly 500 million dollars according to the latest filing today. Now, shifting into, you know, what 10T's existing equity funds focus on. Well, they currently have three segments when it comes to funds and they focus on digital asset ecosystem gateways, blockchain infrastructure, and next generation financial services at least according to the firm. So some interesting stuff when it comes to these new crypto funds. They have been popping up all over the place in 10T Holdings, adding another crypto fund. And then we also had some commentary out of a Bitcoin giant, Dan Moorhead, and he is the chief executive officer of Pantera Capital. Now, he went on to say a few things. He basically went on to say that bond investors are, on quote, are going to get absolutely destroyed when the Fed stops manipulating the bond market. He said this in a note on Tuesday. He went on to say, quote, government should stop obsessing about Bitcoin and look inward. The biggest Ponzi scheme in history in the United States government and mortgage bond market, $33 trillion with AT trillion all behind, driven by one non-economic actor with a dominant position who is trading based on a non-material or on-material non-public information. He goes also goes on to say, the Bitcoin market is way too big to be manipulated. Bitcoin trades on hundreds of exchanges in dozens of countries. Bitcoin's daily volume is 1,000 times as much as GameStop, which trades on just one market in the industry. So, in a note, Dan Moorhead has been going around and he is sounding the alarm on what seems to be what he's calling a bond market bubble saying that basically this bond market the u.s bond market is a giant ponzi scheme and basically saying that you should jump in on bitcoin it can't be manipulated by the governments or the u.s government some big time stuff there a little background on Moorhead. he was the executive at julian robertson's tiger management early in his career and he started Pantura's first crypto fund in 2013, or at least their first crypto fund. So some very big time stuff there coming out of Dan Moorhead in a note. Now, shifting into our final headline of the day, we have JP Morgan saying you should trust the bounce in this market that we have seen yesterday and into it today. What did they have to say? Well, it seems investors, they can trust this bounce. According to JP Morgan's chief global market strategist, Marco Kalanovic. He goes on to say, on quote, when the Omicron news hit the tape on Thanksgiving night, there was clearly an overreaction. And then he goes on to say, market sold off very rapidly on news that was not very reliable. And now it's basically recovering those back. And this was all in a CNBC halftime report interview. Now, Kalonovic also noted that that a lot of funds in the previous week, they went net short this market and they were expecting a more persistent sell-off and Kalonovic at least notes that now what we are seeing is a short squeeze occurring in the market today. So some interesting stuff there. A mega short squeeze, it seems, from these funds that went net short last week, expecting a bigger sell-off, and they have not been getting it. And now you're seeing a squeeze back to the upside. Of course, the typical short squeeze price action. Now, it is important to note that Kalanovic, going into 2022, he likes those value and cyclical stocks. While he's a bit neutral on those technology names due to these upcoming potential rate hikes, so that is something. Now, JP Morgan saying you should trust the bouncing stocks citing this Omnicron news basically not being reliable that it was an overreaction and that all these funds went net short and now they're getting trapped creating a short squeeze some very interesting stuff there out of Kalonovic and JP Morgan JP Morgan's chief global markets strategist and that is the show thank you for listening to another episode of the running with the money briefing we'll be back of course tomorrow to go over the biggest headlines biggest analyst calls and biggest commentary in the market in the meantime go get my boys over at Pounding the table a listen. Go give them a listen on Spotify. Go give them a listen anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple podcast. And please give me and my team a listen at running with the money or a follow at running with the money on Instagram and Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts, and also at me, at Luke Donay, on Twitter. If you have any feedback on the show, any stock you want, deep dive on, or any questions or any feedback, you know, we're here for you, and we want to hear feedback from the listeners on what they want to see in the show. What changes do you guys want to see? Where do you want to see improvement? Because at the end of the day, we're here for you. We're here to help you, and we are blessed to have you here listening and following along. Easily Profit, trade on, and I will see see you tomorrow